Hey, New Life family, it's so great to be back with you. Thank you for joining us for our online experience here at New Life. I just want to say, uh, give a shout out to all my family and friends that's watching all over the country. Hey, mom and dad in Tennessee. Hey, my Mimi down in Florida. It's great to be back with you online. Uh, let me just say how much of a spiritual high I'm still on from our first regathering at our new location uh, a couple of weekends ago that we gathered on September the 12th. We weren't able to be inside the building because we had to go through a couple of inspections, but we met outside and over 200 people showed up and uh, it, was a, it was a nice day, even though my iPad did shut down because of the heat. Uh, but we took care of that in the middle of my set of, of the second time giving the message. But it was just a great regathering of our campus. Our campus just wanted to get together because it's been 18 months since we've been able to have, besides other than Easter, uh, that we were able to have a service uh, together as a campus. So we just want to say, if you missed it, uh, we miss you. And uh, wh whatever reason that you're not able to come back yet, uh, we just want to let you know that we miss you and we can't wait to see you again soon, okay? But for those of you that don't know, maybe you're watching for the first time, my name is Jeremy and I am the campus pastor for the Patterson campus of New Life Christian Center. And we meet at 515 Keystone Boulevard in Patterson, two services at 9 and 1030. Come check us out at either newlifecc.com, check out our Facebook or Instagram pages. You can uh, catch up with all of the latest information on those pages as well. We put a lot of uh, uh, announcements on those pages to kind of keep up with what's happening. And so we were in full gear and we know that God is about to use us in an amazing way in our community. So we just want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, all of the things that we normally go through in the beginning of our messages have already uh, been done. So we just want to encourage you to go ahead and take out your phones and go to our app. If you've never downloaded our New Life Christian Center app, you need to do that. So you can find it in the app store. It's a lowercase n, black with a white background. So download that. And then on the home page, you're going to click on the word connect down at the bottom of the screen. That'll take you to weekend resources and then sermon notes and then this weekend, uh, this weekend's date. And then that is how we keep up with the message notes here at New Life Christian Center. So a few weeks ago, we uh, kicked off this brand new series that we've been in called RE. Okay, R-E. Let me just take you through the words that we've already gone through over the last five weeks. We started with the word remember, and then we did repent, then we did remain, and then renew, which was our first weekend back as a campus. We did the word renew as we regathered. And then last week we talked about the word rejoice. Okay, so this week, this week's word and this week's message is sort of a part two of last week. Uh, last week's word of rejoice, okay, because rejoicing is something that we should put on the word that we're adding this week, repeat. Repeat is something that we should, uh, rejoice is something that we should put on repeat in our lives over and over again because when we come to God with an attitude, uh, attitude of praise and worship, we automatically draw closer to him. So this weekend we are talking about the word repeat, okay, and we're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy. All right, I had, to, I had to grow up saying that word very slowly because I could not, my, I always got, that's a tongue-twisting uh, uh, book of the Bible that, that always got me hung up. Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 4 through 7. If you have your digital Bible, if you have your physical Bible, where, whatever you're going to be reading from, 
We're also going to have uh, the scripture on the bottom of the screen if you want to go uh, by that as well. But we are going to be in the New Living Translation of our scripture this week. And we're going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. And it says this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments that I am giving you today. And then he says this, repeat them again. Repeat them again. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed, and when you are getting up. What commands does he want us to repeat over and over again? This, that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Hey, bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Your word is fuel for our soul. Father, may we digest it today and get from it the nutrients that you want us to get. Father, I pray that you'll speak your words through your servant to your people in your name. Amen, amen. All right. Now, for some reason, every time I get into my car, my phone, probably just like yours, syncs up with the vehicle and goes to the same exact song every single time. My kids make fun of me. The song is Never Enough by Lauren Allred from The Greatest Showman. All right. I don't know why. I mean, it's a great song. I love the movie. It's one of my top five all-time favorite movies. But I didn't set my, my phone to do that. Especially to come on every single time I get in my car. And then I forget about it because I just turn the volume down and I'm praying or I'm, or I'm just kind of thinking about something, looking around. And, I'll, and uh, I'll be in the vehicle for 20 or 30 minutes, 30 minutes and I'll look down and see that it's still playing. Why? Because it's on a loop. It's just repeating over and over again. Now, before anybody sends me emails and calls me and texts me and say, Jeremy, this is why it's doing that. Listen, I know that it's operator error, okay? I'm 100% confident that I've done something to cause this. I know it's not God reminding me every single day that I'm never enough. All right, I know that. It's just stuck on repeat. To repeat something could be a good thing. Or it could be a bad thing. It depends on what we are repeating, right? Repeating unhealthy habits, a bad thing. Repeating good, healthy habits, a good thing. There's a reason why uh, when we're working out or exercising, you have reps inside of your sets. Okay, reps, the, the word reps is short for repetitions. You're repeating the same motion over and over again inside of a set. So the correct terminology is that I'm doing three sets of 10 reps or three sets of 10. I'm doing the same bicep uh, curling motion with this 75-pound dumbbell 10 times, three times, all right? Now, just in case you're wondering, I I really don't curl 75-pound dumbbells, okay? I'm not Pastor Brett. that's, That's more up his alley. Well, how can we turn this physical practice into a spiritual practice? We know it can be done because the Apostle Paul talks about it. In his letter to a very young pastor named Timothy, he says this, 1 Timothy 4.8. Timothy, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now the word train here is key because training is a repetitive action. You don't just train once. 
I mean, I would have been in serious trouble when I was uh, participating in training for the Tough Mudder if I would have just ran one mile, went to the gym once, and then just went home and sat on the couch and ate potato chips for weeks to come before the event. Training means to perform an action over and over, to repeat it. When you train for an event like a marathon or the Spartan race or even like a spelling bee, you perform an action that prepares you for the experience. You repeat it over and over again, not so that it gets easier, but so that your body and your mind gets better and more prepared. You are repeating the action. And we see this all throughout Scripture. We see actions and blessings uh, that God repeats in the lives of those who follow him. In fact, there are multiple blessings to certain individuals in Scripture that God promises to repeat for generations to come. For them, for their children, for their children's children, and so on. The definition of repeat is this. To say again something that's already been said or to do something again a number of times, not just once, but a number of times. Last week we talked about the word rejoice. The Apostle Paul told the Philippian, uh, Philippian church in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. He repeated that. Why? Because those words are worth saying over and over again. The Bible itself is an amazing resource for, for repetition because it repeats itself so often, especially in the poetic books of the Old Testament. If you follow Jesus long enough and if you read enough of the scriptures, you'll see the use of repetition by several of the writers in the Bible. Think about the four gospels. The first four books of the New Testament, the Bible separated, if you're watching this for the first time, maybe you're a new believer, the Bible separated into two parts, okay? Old Testament and New Testament or Old Law new law. Old promise, new promise. So the first four books of the New Testament, the new law, the new covenant, are called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Each of these books essentially does the same exact thing. They record the life, the teachings, the miracles, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It, it, they, they are the perfect example of repetition. But why? Why do we need to read that four times, Jeremy? Why do, we, why do we see the same story told four different times? Why does the New Testament contain four large books that all describe the same sequence of events? Well, mainly because they all four stress the importance of who Jesus was, of his mission, and the credibility and the authenticity of who he claimed to be. You've heard me refer to the Gospels before as the biographies of Jesus from four different perspectives, and they all four complement each other. Even in the last century, uh, great leaders have used the tool of repetition in their writings and in their speeches. Think about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He used the, the tool of repetition in his I Have a Dream speech constantly, over and over again. He repeated the words, I have a dream that one day, I have a dream that one day, I have a dream that one day, he kept saying that over and over again. So repetition can be a very powerful thing, can't it? Repeating things over and over can create good habits in one area of our life and even break addictions in another area of our life. So what are some things that God might be pr prompting us in our own personal lives to repeat? Well, there are multiple things that if we put on repeat can be hugely beneficial for our spirituality and our relationship with Jesus. Things like beginning our day by spending time with him through prayer and through scripture. 
sharing our faith with others, serving on a volunteer team here at New Life or in the church that you attend, uh, or, 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 or serving on, in some organization in your community. Giving back of our time, talents, and treasure, of our resources back into our local, our local churches and organizations. Listen, it matters what you repeat. It really does. It's powerful what you put on repeat in your life. What you repeat in your life matters in this life and in this next life to come. Because what you put on repeat gets inside your spirit. It gets inside your mind. It gets inside your routine it gets inside your thought pattern. It eventually becomes part of who you are, part of who you become. So what do you have on repeat in your life? What are those things that just you, have, you constantly have on repeat that you do over and over again? Are they healthy things or unhealthy things? Are they, are they positioning you closer to Jesus or are they pulling you away from him? Are they connecting you better with your spouse and your children or creating obstacles in your intimacy? Are they creating a deeper sense of vulnerability and trust in your job, in your organization, or driving wedges between you and your team? Those of you that have hair, unlike half of our staff, all right, uh, you've seen the words wash, rinse, repeat. Why? Because that's the best expectation that you're going to get for the results that you want. It's the same in our spiritual walk with Jesus. Even if we just take the words that we've processed through over the last few weeks, it does the same thing. Think about this. These are the words that we've talked about over just the last five weeks. Remember, repent, remain, renew, rejoice. Repeat. Remember, repent, remain, renew, rejoice. Repeat. Remember, repent, remain, renew, rejoice. You get the idea. There's power in repetition. Remember memorizing the multiplication tables when you're in elementary school? All right, you did that because of repetition. All right, you didn't fully understand why 7 times 9 equals 63. Notice I had to look down to make sure I, I got the answer right for that. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't understand why 7 times 9 equals 63. You just memorized it because of the flashcards that you had on repeat. Whether the physical cards, if you're my age or you had them on a computer, it doesn't matter. It's something that you learned through repetition. In fact, there's one group of people who know all too well the power of repetition, and that's advertisers. I know we talked about this last week. It's why we hear the same jingles over and over. It's why we see the same commercials dozens of times on our favorite TV shows or during sporting events. Advertisers know repetition works. And then when we go to the grocery store or the department store, we buy the items that they put on repeat in our mind to purchase. You know why? Because we see it, we identify it, and there's a familiarity to it. Repetition creates a pattern. Repetition creates a pattern which consequently and naturally grabs our attention at first and then creates the comfort of being familiar with it. The scary thing is, here's the concern. Too many of us get into a pattern of the wrong thinking, of the wrong things, of repeating the unhealthy habits. We get comfortable with the familiarity of sin. And that's not God's plan for us. That's not God's purpose for us. The things that we have on repeat that pull us away from God, things like gossip, pornography, Alcoholism, idolatry, adultery, a sense of rage and bitterness and jealousy. 
when these, when these things are on repeat in our lives, we get comfortable with them because we just let them go over and over again in our mind. We get familiar with them to the point that when they're alive and active in our life, we don't even feel bad about it anymore. We're no longer convicted about it because we are so engrossed in these unhealthy behaviors. This kind of lifestyle is just a taste of what Jesus was referring to when he said, repent. Repent of your sin and follow me. So what are some of the godly spiritual traits that we should put on repeat? The healthy things that draw us into a closer relationship with Jesus. The things that honor God. Well, here's number one. Here's your first fill-in for the weekend. God wants me to repeat his goodness. God wants me to repeat his goodness. Psalm 119, 68 says, you are good. This is David talking to God. You are good and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. In other words, you're such a good God. Everything you do is good. Now show me how to do your goodness as well. God is so good to us, and he expects us to be good to others. In fact, if you're a follower of Jesus this weekend, you should crave to do good. It's one of the elements of the fruit of the Spirit that lives on the inside of us once we surrender and trust and put our trust of our life in Jesus. The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit himself, produces goodness on the inside of us. Look what the Apostle Paul said to the people living in Galatia, to the church of Galatia, chapter 5. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God is a good God. I know there's lots of circumstances and there's lots of instances when we read in the Bible, in the scriptures where it doesn't appear that God is good. But it's only because you and I don't fully understand the full context of the whole story. Being good is something from which God cannot be separated. It's part of who he is. No matter what we read or what's happening around the world to which God would be blamed and is blamed sometimes, our God is a good God. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 25 says this, The Lord is good to those, listen, The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. I want to read that again. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. Did you catch that? There's kind of a cause and effect here in this verse. The Lord is good to those who depend on him. The Lord is good to those who search for him. So here's the question. Are you depending on him right now in your life for something? And I mean really depending. Are you searching for him right now? And again, I mean really searching for him. And if you're asking, well, Jeremy, what does that even look like? What does it look like? What do you mean am I searching for God? What does it really mean to, uh, to depend and search for Jesus? Well, it's actually going to be different for all of us. It's going to be different for everyone. The intent with which you depend on and search for God may look very different than mine or the person even sitting beside you right now. The way that I go after the heart of Jesus may be very different than you because my needs are different. My situation in life may be different. My troubles and sorrows, as Jesus stated it, may be different. But here's what I know I can do, and here's what you can do as well. To embrace and connect with God's goodness, I can put my dependence on him. I can search for him. I can put my need for him on repeat in my life. What would happen 
in my life, what would happen in your life if we created a repetition of dependence on God? What would happen if we put on repetition to constantly and consistently search for him? Well, I think the text answers the question. We would experience the goodness of God. And if the goodness of God is on repeat in our lives, then I believe that it would bleed over into the lives of those around us, okay? The, the, the goodness of God in my life would be felt by my spouse and my, my children, my employees and my supervisors, my teachers and my friends and uh, uh, my neighbors. I really think this could be part of what King David was proclaiming in the 23rd Psalm, which some of you can quote. But in, in verse 6 it says, Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. Your goodness will pursue me. All the days of my life. Can you imagine being pursued by the goodness of God? <laughs> what? That because you put this attribute of God's goodness on repeat in your life, that you could walk around the community being chased by the goodness of God? I mean, wow. I don't know about you, but I want to live in that. I want to live in that atmosphere where the goodness of God is actually chasing me down, pursuing me. That takes us to number two. The second thing I believe, or one of the, uh, another thing that God wants us to put on repeat in our lives is his grace. God wants me to repeat his grace. Repeat his grace. Ephesians chapter 2, this is the Apostle Paul again writing to the people of Ephesus. He says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. He saved you by what? His grace when you what? Believed. Grace and belief are connected. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. I want you to pay attention to that last line there. You cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. I've been asked before, Jeremy, why do you have so much grace towards certain individuals? Why not just write them off? Be done with them. I know what they said to you and I know what they did to you. Just one strike and they're out, Jeremy. Especially when we know what they said to us or did to us was wrong, okay? But I, I see them in town, I see them at the store, see them the next weekend at church, grab them, give them a big old hug, talk to them like, it never, like nothing ever happened. Because I'm, I'm trying to communicate that, hey, it's okay. You know what, maybe they were just having a bad day or a bad year. <laughs> I try to give people the benefit of the doubt I hope and pray that their goal when they woke up that morning wasn't to intentionally hurt me. I want to communicate that I have feelings too, that sometimes I'm a little sensitive. <laughs> but here's my response to that question. My honest response to that question when I get it. It's still hard for me to believe how God can, can continue to have so much grace with me. After all that I've done and sometimes continue to do because I'm human and I still mess up a lot, God still shows me grace. The creator of the universe sent his son to die in my place. And even though I've chosen to accept him as my Lord and my king and I try every day to serve him and worship him to the best of my ability, I fail, I fall short, I sin, and yet he still shows me grace. And if the love of God chases me down after all I've done and after all of the times I still fail and his grace has extended me every single time and I get that choice to make it right with him, then who am I 
to not show that same kind of grace to others. Look what Jesus said in chapter 6 of Luke. Overflow with mercy and compassion for others, just as your heavenly Father overflows with mercy and compassion for all. What would happen if we all put this verse on repeat in our lives? This country would look very different for sure, wouldn't it? Our communities would look different. Our churches would look different. Our families would look very different. I guarantee you that I, there, there's people watching and listening to me right now that have family members that you haven't spoken to in weeks or months, some even years. And most of the time you know this, it's over the dumbest things, right? Crazy Uncle Jimmy said something at Thanksgiving last year and no one's talked to him since then. Now, I'm not talking about those deep hurting issues like abuse or other things that may be a potential safety concern. I'm not talking about those things. I mean the silly things that shouldn't have caused division in our families, but we allow them to. And before we know it, we've allowed bitterness and resentment to set in. What if we put the same grace God has shown us on repeat towards others? The book of Colossians chapter 3 verse 13 says this, tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. Let me read that again. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. Graciously forgiven. And that takes us to our third fill-in for the weekend. God wants me to repeat his purpose. God wants me to repeat his purpose purpose. Psalm 57.2 says this, I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. We talk about this quite a bit here at New Life, about fulfilling God's purpose for our lives. This is a critical question that I get a lot as a pastor about purpose. People are consistently and constantly looking for their purpose, wondering why they are here on earth now where they fit into society, how they fit into the times that we're living in now. What's their purpose? What part do they play in what's happening in culture and society? Have you ever thought about this? Man, I think about this all the time. I always think, man, I was born in the wrong decade. Man, the wrong era. Personally, I love the big cities in the early 1940s. Man, you drop me off in New York City in the mid-1900s, throw me right in the middle of it. Man, I, I would love that. I, I love the music. I love all the, the dress. I, I just love everything about the mid-1900s and big cities. I also love, uh, love the, the, the 70s. All right, I was born in 1972. When I look back at the pictures, man, I, I love the, the clothes, the music, the movies, the culture, the furniture. You know, it's really dangerous for me to go to the antique stores in downtown Turlock. Man, I'll buy the whole store. I just love it. It brings back so many great memories for me. But no, that's not when God, had, God wanted to use me. His purpose for me, his purpose for Jeremy Moore is now. Right here in Patterson, California for New Life Christian Center. He created me for a purpose to come alongside Pastor Dave in 2017 and take the dream that God placed into Pastor Dave's spirit and to make it a reality. I know I'm fulfilling God's purpose for my life. Our responsibility is to take the purpose for which he created and designed for us and to put it on repeat. It was his plan for all of us from the very 
beginning of time. Before he even created the world, he had a purpose for you. Going all the way back to creation, you say, Jeremy, that, I just don't believe that. I, I, that that's not true. Look at, look at uh, what the Apostle Paul said to Second Tim, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. For God saved us and called us to live a what kind of life? A holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time. Before time existed to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. The purpose for our lives that God wants us to put on repeat is to live a holy life. To have a relationship with him. I think a proper statement for all of us when we wake up every morning is to say this. God, I want to please you today. Help me to live out your purpose for my life. And help me to do it every single day to put it on repeat. Because if we do that, look what happens in Romans 8.28. This is my all-time favorite verse in all the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation from the NIV. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to whose purpose? His purpose. Not our purpose. God's purpose. And that's all of us. Not just me. That's you. And that's me. This weekend, God wants us to put some things on repeat. He wants us to repeat his goodness. He wants us to repeat his grace. And he wants us to repeat his purpose for his kingdom. Hey, wherever you're at this weekend, will you bow your heads as we pray? Father, thank you again for this series that we're in, Lord. For what you have been teaching us. Father, there's so many amazing things that you want us to repeat in our lives, God, because they draw us into a deeper connection with you. I pray, God, that these words, Lord, that your words that you spoke through me this weekend, Lord, to everyone who listened, Father, will begin a healthy repetition of spiritual habits, Lord, that draws them closer to you than ever before. Lord, that they can look back a week from now a year from now, and know that this day, as they begin to repeat the good things, Lord, that you had for us in our lives, that they can see how much more in love they are with you than they were even a year ago. Father, it's the repetition in our lives that we need. Father, we surrender to you. We trust you, Lord, with everything that we are, with who you've created and designed us to be. As we repeat your goodness, as we repeat your grace, and as we repeat your purpose. May we not only build our relationship with you, but with others. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us this weekend. Don't forget, repeat good things in your life, okay? If you have any questions about anything that's happening with the Patterson campus, make sure you reach out to myself or Pastor Tito or Miss Anna. We are uh, locked in and ready to go. Again, we are meeting at 515 Keystone Boulevard in Patterson on Sundays at 9 and 1030 a.m. And we just want to see you soon. We love you. Take care. Those of you that aren't able to join us, keep watching us online, okay? Have a great week. We'll see you next weekend.